Hello, and welcome once again to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. I am Chris Levine, and I will be your host again this time around. This is episode number 11 in our series called Psychology on Vinyl, where we try to understand both the subtle and the blatant psychology behind and within famous records. Today's record is a little left of center in that it influenced thematic albums that we're probably more familiar with than this album itself. This record reached number two on the Billboard album chart, where it stayed for 18 weeks. The New Yorker credits this album with changing the purpose of an album from a mere collection of singles into an art form capable of high literature. Today, we are going to be exploring the world of the ninth studio album by Frank Sinatra entitled In the Wee Small Hours. Here's why I chose this one. Apart from it being a musically beautiful listen, I mean, it's, it's a heavy record, but it's draped in light arrangements. It's pure Nelson Riddle. This arranger, along with Sinatra's voice made a great team, as you'll hear from track to track. But I chose it for this series because this record gave permission for men to address their feelings at this time in history, especially considering who the artist was and the influence that this person had. Think about it. Here's the ultimate tough guy, the chairman of the board, the future leader of the ultimate pop culture boys club, the Rat Pack, singing openly about loneliness, introspection, lost love, failed relationships, and depression. This was not typical in 1955. And the whole album covers these themes. So, as with most psychology on vinyl choices, this is an album you can't rush. If you're in a hurry, wait to listen to it. It requires time, patience, reflection, and preferably some atmosphere. So let's get into it. The title track starts the album. And again, listen to some of these lyrics. When your lonely heart has learned its lesson, You'd be hers if only she would call. In the wee small hours of the morning, that's when you miss her most of all. Now, something to note, as was often the case during that musical time in history, professional songwriters wrote the songs and singers sang them. So other than the last track on the album, it's good to know that Sinatra didn't write any of these songs himself. But that doesn't take away from the fact that he was willing and eager to sing them. Singers have to make interesting choices when they decide what's going to be on an album, because singers are often identified directly with their material. In the future, Sinatra would be equated with things like My Way directly. Tom Jones is often equated directly with It's Not Unusual. <laughs> 
Etta James is directly equated with At Last. And Louis Armstrong had his What a Wonderful World. See, when an artist puts his or her stamp on something, they take the chance of being identified forever with that work. So we, here we have Frank Sinatra putting out an entire album, essentially a concept album, about being a man who is lovesick, hurting, and alone. That was a big statement. Mood Indigo is the next song, and it's the next gem. Uh, the music was written by Duke Ellington. Sinatra, again, in the same emotional place as the last song, sang, Always get that mood indigo since my baby said goodbye. In the evening when the lights are low, I'm so lonely I could cry. Because there's nobody who cares about me. I'm just a soul who's bluer than blue can be. When I get that mood indigo, I could lay me down and die. Something extremely cool is how perfect the cover of this record is when it comes to lyrics and songs like this. The cover looks like it's between maybe 1 and maybe 4 a.m. And he's on the street with the lampposts just standing. It's totally like an artist was played the wee small hours and mood indigo and was told, illustrate this. And, and they were totally successful. The next two songs are now taking a bit of a slight turn in their titles. You, you think at some point he with all this can't totally hide the machismo, right? Glad to be unhappy and I get along without you very well. Sound like they're going to be very, I have never needed you anyway, baby, kind of songs. But they sucker punch you. That's not what he sings. Instead, he sings, quote, I get along without you very well. Of course I do. Except when soft rain falls and drip from leaves, then I recall the thrill of being sheltered in your arms. I can't help but go back to this. Remember, this is the same guy whose signature song later would be My Way. It's funny. I once interviewed Doug Clifford. They called him Cosmo, and he was in Creedence Clearwater Revival. And I asked Doug if he liked the Ike and Tina version of their song, Proud Mary. He said he loved it, that they brought something else to it, but he couldn't really explain exactly what it was. Well, in that conversation to try to tell him I understood I reference my way as an example of doing the exact same thing. Elvis Presley would sing my way as a signature song late in his career as well. Now, when Sinatra sang it, it was kind of overly confident. Yeah, I took no prisoners. I called the shots and I have no regrets, that kind of thing. But when Elvis did it with the exact same words, it sounded like a man who knew he was going to die and wanted compassion and forgiveness. When I mentioned this, he said, that's it. That's exactly it. Tina totally made it her song. You know, what's funny about My Way Too is that even later, Sid Vicious would cover it 
and and in that version it sounded like an anthem for an anarchist rally but it still was the exact same words my point though with all this is that sinatra's my way was sinatra the tough guy full of himself daring you to find fault with him or anything he had ever done put that in perspective when listening to his song choices for this record the last song on side one is called when your lover has gone i'm going to just go ahead and read the lyrics here from ages to ages the poets and sages of love glorious love always sing but ask any lover and you'll soon discover the heartaches that romance can bring when you're alone who cares for starlit skies when you're alone the magic moonlight dies at break of dawn there is no sunrise when your lover has gone what lonely hours the evening shadows bring what lonely hours with memories lingering like faded flowers life can't mean anything when your lover has gone it's like a completely different human being than the my way guy but that's what was going on at this time in sinatra's life we're going to actually get into that in a little bit let's for now move on to side two now an example of sinatra's involvement in arranging these songs was the song last night when we were young according to nelson riddle they did about 30 takes of this song and sinatra worked with the guitarist specifically to get what he felt was the right tone this is something that i believe was a big key to his style he was involved a band leader didn't tell him what to do go over there and sing this it, it was a it was a partnership and like was mentioned before you can't get much better than the riddle sinatra partnership the hurt over lost love continued with another iconic song called ill wind perfect imagery in the words like go ill wind go away skies are oh so gray around my neighborhood and that ain't good you're only misleading the sunshine i'm needing ain't that a shame it's so hard to keep up with troubles that creep up from out of nowhere when love is to blame. Now, some background on the psychology of why he would be in the headspace to record an album like this. This is what was going on. Sinatra had divorced his first wife, and then he married Ava Gardner 10 days later. But that didn't work out. Gardner would go on to say, quote, we don't have the ability to live together like any normal married couple. So she's gone. This record is a direct result of Sinatra's failing relationship with her to the point where these songs were referred sometimes in studio as Ava songs. He clearly was not faxing this in. He was living it. I'll never be the same is another song that screams this. He sang, and when the songbirds that sing tell me it's spring, I can't believe their song. Once love was king, but kings can be wrong. The very last song in the album actually gave Sinatra partial writing credit. 
Sinatra wrote the words and Saul Parker and Hank Sanicola wrote the music. It was called This Love of Mine. Now he's clearly lyrically in the zone with his own words. The words are, this love of mine goes on and on, though life is empty since you've gone. You're always on my mind, though out of sight. It's lonesome through the day, but oh, the night. I cry my heart out. It's bound to break since nothing matters. Let it break. I ask the sun and moon, the stars that shine, what's to become of it, this love of mine? Can you pick up the scent of the late night, early morning moisture on the concrete? I mean, do you see the smoke rising from the air grates in the city? Can, can you hear the subway trains in the background interrupting the otherwise ghost town of the neon lit city? Can you picture Sinatra stepping out of a nightclub that has emptied or a bar that has sounded its last call, putting on his hat and walking to the door into New York City streets without any destination except to avoid the loneliness of having to go home where it's too empty? That's what I hear on this record. This is art imitating life. Now, I imagine a lovelorn person in the 1950s putting this on and settling in in an easy chair and feeling like their feelings were completely understood, not just by anyone, but by Frank Sinatra. And music does this. I imagine this album not only caused women around the world to feel like they wanted to save this man who was making himself vulnerable, but it also provided a drinking buddy to drown one's sorrows for the men. It is a quintessential breakup album exploding with mid-century style. And it's funny, each generation has followed in one way or another. My generation, I know it's apples and oranges, but my generation, for example, had the Smiths. The wrapping paper is completely different, but the message is clear. I understand you. I get it. I'm going through it too. When music does that, it stops just being your soundtrack and starts becoming your friend. Or maybe to use the better vernacular for the record we talked about today, the music becomes your pal. And artistically, what could be better than that? We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist. And for this Psychology on Vinyl series, the subject matter is the playlist itself. So we have for you this time around a Refresher podcast, Frank Sinatra in the We Small Hours playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher podcast dash Frank Sinatra in the We Small Hours. So let's go ahead and break down the songs, and we'll do side one and side two, as is our custom. Side one, in the wee small hours of the morning. Number two is Mood Indigo, followed by Glad to be Unhappy, and then I Get Along Without You Very Well, Deep in a Dream, I See Your Face Before Me, Can't We Be Friends, and When Your Lover Has Gone. Flipping it over to side two, we have What Is This Thing Called Love, the Cole Porter song. Uh, last night when we were young, 
I'll be around, ill wind, it never entered my mind, dancing on the ceiling, I'll never be the same, and this love of mine. That's our new playlist. It's a pretty one. Give it a minute. Enjoy it. Close your eyes and lay down and listen to it. You can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast-Frank Sinatra in the wee small hours. We'd like to welcome some more new listeners to our show. Our demographic is so strangely growing all over the place, but we're so happy about it. We now have new listeners in the United States, in Huntersville, North Carolina, in Mexico City, Mexico, and in the capital region of Denmark. I don't know how you're finding us, but I'm so glad you are. Welcome to Refresher. And all this show would simply not exist without you. If you could all do me a favor, please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, if you'd like, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you're so inclined, that would be great. But whether you do or whether you don't, just please feel free to listen and enjoy this anytime that you want. This show belongs to you. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by none other than Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you.